welcome to the Catholic Foodie, uh, the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I'm Jeff Young, your host, and uh, welcome to a new week, a new show, a new day, a new life. You know, I was out last week. Uh, you had the pleasure of listening to some uh, encore presentations from the Catholic Foodie Show, uh, but I had a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I guess, what you could call paternity leave. You know, uh, we had a, a baby, my wife and I. Uh, you know, now we're not uh, we're not young spring chickens anymore. We're a little bit older. We're in our forties, and uh, you know, God, God is uh, he is he is good. He is faithful, and uh, it's just amazing. This this gift, this thing that we have, this thing that we call life, is just such an amazing thing. And uh, had the pleasure of um, welcoming Zelly Marie. Young into the world uh, Wednesday a week ago, so she's about almost was getting close to two weeks old here, and uh, and that was just an amazing experience. You know, when we had our first three children, uh, who are now ages thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen, um, I, I was young. I mean, my wife and I we were younger, and of course, being young and and just the stress of life, we had you know three and within two and a half years, and uh, just the, the stress of that, and then work and trying to support family and all all those concerns and cares that we have uh, of being a dad today. I mean, that's just the normal stuff, right? But it, it almost makes it difficult for us to uh, to really focus and to enjoy and to pay attention to what's happening, you know, with the children coming. And uh, I don't know if, if you have experienced that kind of a challenge, but I have. And uh, this go around, I'm a little older, a little slower, maybe perhaps a little wiser. <laughs> and and uh, I felt like I was really able to enter in and to experience the, this, this, uh, this event, you know, the birth of, of our uh, fourth child. So what an amazing thing. And, uh, and right there on the, he- at least today is on the heels of Father's Day, but you know, uh, the birth of, of Zelly was, was just uh, about, well, less than a week from my birthday. So she was like my big birthday present. And then less than a week later or about a week later, we have uh, Father's Day. So what a, what a joy it has been uh, the last couple of weeks in our life. And, uh, you know, speaking of fathers, uh, we have another father who's going to be joining us today uh, to talk about books, to talk about Catholic media, Catholic resources, to talk family. And uh, we're going to uh, also talk about a special uh, sale that's going on right now with Catholic cookbooks. I want to welcome Ian Rutherford of Aquinas and more to the Catholic Foodie Show. Welcome, Ian. Thanks, Jeff, and happy Father's Day to the new father. That's right, the new old father or the old new father. <laughs> you know, I remember when we first met, it was at a Catholic uh, Catholic um, new media conference, and I can't remember now, was it in Boston or San Antonio? Do you remember? It was a San Antonio conference. I think it was where the Catholic drinky got started, actually. Catholic drinky got started in Boston. That's why I was confused. I was trying to remember oh, okay. which one it was. But but I remember when I met you, uh, you had just had a baby, I think, at the time. That's right. So let's see. I, at this point, I honestly don't remember which one it was because <laughs> um, we have 10. And I've been to four of those conferences. They were all wonderful. And I remember taking our kids at least once. So. And I know that, I mean, to, to, for me, I know that as I get older, all those things kind of blend together. You know, I can't remember, uh, I can't remember a lot these days, <laughs> which is why. Yes, but my, <laughs> yeah, my kids are always uh, happy to remind me about when things happen when I forget though. <laughs> 
That's right. And that's, that's a good thing about, uh, about, you know, community life, living together, whether it's in family or, or otherwise. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to uh, invite you on the show today to talk about a number of things. I mean, Father's Day obviously was, was uh, yesterday, and that's something that you and I share in common. Um, but also, you, you lead this thing, this thing called Aquinas and More. Can you tell us about uh, what that is? Sure. Uh, Aquinas and More is an online Catholic gift and uh, bookstore. We've been around for almost 14 years at this point. It was my creation back at the beginning, and I've been involved with uh, uh, Catholic media through that. I have my own podcast and have loved being able to share wonderful Catholic resources for Catholic families through that time. That is, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think, something that is... um, so necessary today, you know, having good Catholic resources, uh, having good media in general. But I, I can remember, I can say in all honesty that a lot of my formation as a Catholic has come through books. Is that something oh, definitely. That, is that's, that, that's it. <laughs> is that something that you have experienced? I mean, maybe not just your, your own self, but also maybe hearing from people who um, who purchase books from you or who engage with you in social media, the, the same sort of thing that books really do um, – help us to grow in faith? They do in a lot of different ways, whether it's, uh, you know, a catechism where you have question and answers for the basics of the faith or for uh, help books, like uh, books for Catholic moms that have been written by other Catholic moms, or even books that are more um, social, like these new cookbooks that have come out recently, uh, yours for one and uh, the Catholic Drinky has one. I think there are so many ways and it's wonderful that we have a Catholic culture that we can write about just about anything and make it part of the faith. Right. Yes. I mean, well, yeah, you, especially I think when it comes to evangelization, you know, that's uh, Catholic. You know, I've heard many times the distinction between, you know, like Protestant thinking and theology tends to be either or. But when it comes to Catholicism, it tends to be both and, right? Uh, God is both, uh, I mean, Jesus is both God and man, as an example. Uh, the, the sacraments are both, you know, physical, tangible signs and symbols, but they are also like realities. They actually convey what they, uh, what they signify. And uh, I, I think you can see that, that, that we had that kind of a Catholic approach to creation to where I can evangelize through food. You know, uh, Sarah Vabulous, the Catholic drinky, can evangelize through beer. Uh, you, you have, we have the entire created world at our disposal. Um, and, and in some way, shape or form, there's always going to be a link back to, to faith. Oh, definitely. And it's, it's wonderful being able to take these uh, meals or family time and be able to talk about our faith with family and to, to bring the faith more into our lives. Because I think that having our faith is a living thing. We can't just keep it to ourselves. We're called to share it. And what better way to do that than as a family? That's right. And I, I know that, uh, well, you tell me about Father's Day. What did y'all, uh, we can maybe tell some stories here of, of how we actually live this out in our own lives, you know, the, the meals and, and experiencing faith in the home and experiencing perhaps even around the table. Oh, definitely. Basically, all of our good memories with our family, uh, whether it's our immediate family or extended family, almost always involve food. And my kids have mentioned that, that, you know, whatever we do, there's always a good meal involved. We always get together with friends or family and it always involves eating. No matter what we're doing, the eating is a central part of it. 
And uh, so, you know, for this Father's Day um, on, on Saturday, we went to visit my my family down in Colorado Springs and uh, got to stay with my parents and my brother and, and his wife came over. And so we had uh, a Hungarian goulash for dinner on Saturday. That was my Father's Day request. And then uh, on Sunday, we had meatloaf, which was my dad's request and uh, something that he loves. And so we got to sit around uh, enjoying the wonderful weather, um, talking about what we're doing as families and our kids got to play together and got to enjoy that wonderful time of just spending time together as a family. And I love these memories that are made from getting together with others and the sharing of stories from our past and it's just a great time. I, what do you think about that, Jeff? I love it. You know, I, I think that uh, it's really funny. I have never made goulash, believe it or not. Uh, and I have a friend. I have a friend of mine who was uh, in the uh, in the armed services and the armed forces. Uh, he's retired now, a, a colonel. Uh, but he he says says it's one of his favorite meals, and he loves to loves to make that. He was over in Europe for a long time uh, in service. Uh, so for for uh, listeners who may not know even what a goulash is, you want to tell us about it. Sure. Uh, goulash is a uh, Hungarian dish, typically called Hungarian goulash, and it involves uh, usually slow-cooked meat that's spiced up and then served over a bed of noodles, egg noodles or something like that. And typically there's a sour cream sauce involved, um, and so you can really spice it up and make it a hot dish, or you can have it a mild dish. And it's a wonderful thing for uh, for a large crowd because you can just put the meat in a crock pot and forget about it for a long time. And then you just prep the noodles right when you're ready to, to serve it. And it's a wonderful, uh, uh, good dish to good hearty dish to have. And I love those one pot meals. Those are so easy. You know, uh, you mm-hmm. can keep, uh, and that's the thing you, you can let it uh, cook all day if you wanted to. And, uh, it's, it's ready whenever you're ready, you know, and, and if you have little kids and you've got to take care of them, uh, that's okay because the food is, it can cook as long as you need it to cook. <laughs> crock yeah, pots I love are, crock pots. They're a yeah. lifesaver in a big family. Crock pots are just so easy to, uh, to use. And, uh, and I, and I love that. Although I have, I've, I've broken my fair share of, uh, crock pots uh, over the years. Uh, but what you were saying is absolutely right. I think that a lot of times, and you know, what we experience family, we experience these relationships typically, you know, when we're doing something else together and, and that something else could be uh, some kind of a hobby, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, woodworking or, or flying kites or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but, but we have these opportunities built into our day almost automatically, almost, you know, by God himself, you know, if you look back and in, in, at the history of this and those opportunities are, are times around the table, it's me. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate that today we are we live in such a busy culture, busy society that uh, that seems to be one of the the main uh, opportunities that are being lost. Uh, so many folks have just a hard time getting around the table, uh, and that's what really what we're here for. That's what we what I try to do at least is to try to encourage families to hold on to that, to to really uh, take advantage of these opportunities. We have to eat anyway. Uh, we might as well be eating together and taking that time, spend that time together. You know, it's really uh, relatively a new um, phenomenon for us 
to have this disconnect with families not being around the table um, for uh, hundreds and if not thousands of years, uh, meals were a family event, even getting food onto the table. And that's perhaps something that we can talk about uh, after the break. Uh, we need to take a break uh, right here. And uh, you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. We'll be back uh, in just a few minutes. Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. You supported Real Life Radio. I want to invite you to go over to realliferadio.com and check out the link for Care to Share. You're going to find a lot of good information there on how uh, how you can benefit as being part of the Real Life Radio family. The Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. We're talking today with Ian Rutherford of Aquinas and More Catholic Goods uh, at AquinasandMore.com. Uh, now, Ian, you know, you, besides the, uh, the the store that you have there, you also have a blog and a podcast. Yeah, that's right. We've been blogging for a very long time, and I've had the podcast, which was also originally a radio show uh, since 2012. So I love getting together with Catholic authors and other uh, producers of Catholic media and learning about what they're writing about and sharing that with anybody who would like to listen to a Catholic perspective on things. And what uh, you've had a lot, I mean, I've been a guest uh, actually on the podcast and it's funny. I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, yeah, you know, Ian's going to be on the show and um, you know, I can't help but think that last time when you had me on the, on your, your podcast, um, I was in target. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There was a lot That's of right. background, about that. you know, red, what, trying what, to go through the checkout line. <laughs> yeah, I know we had all that kind of background noise and everything. And I'm, I'm trying to remember like the time frame. I know that, that I, it was just one of those times that I mean, life can be busy, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not real sure if I would have been at home, if it would have been any less quiet, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we have the same problem here, but yeah, so that was a, that was a great show because we got to talk to you about your uh, pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And at the time, your book hadn't come out yet. The um, Your Mediterranean food with the Catholic foodie hadn't come out yet. So, or Middle Eastern food, that's what it was. Um, so you got to talk about the new book that you were producing. So it's great to see that come to fruition. Uh, it is. It is. I'll tell you what, it's, it's really, uh, I'm going to reach over here and grab a copy and let things fall down while I do that. Um, you know, it's weird because I can think back, even as a child, I, I have always wanted to, I've always loved to write and I've always envisioned myself or dreamed about being a, a writer, you know, and, and in actuality, if I look back, uh, whether it was college papers or journaling or little articles I would write here and there, I really have been a writer. I've been a writer most of my life and, and I have, uh, written journals. I can't tell you how many notebooks I have filled up over the years, uh, what, you know, stuff that a lot of that never will be published. It's just, just my own benefit, right? Just writing for my own benefit. But, uh, it's amazing that, you know, I actually do now have a published work. It's kind of strange because in a way I always thought that once I was published, I will have arrived, right? Life is going to be perfect and I'll be <laughs> super famous and, you know, rolling in the dough and everything's gonna be great. And, you know, after, after the excitement of the first couple of weeks wore off, I was just like, you know what? It's just like everything else in life. I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> Everything's still normal. You know, I'm still who I am. 
and God is still here. Thank God God is still here. You know, it's just, um, it's a great work. I, I thoroughly enjoyed writing this. I, I loved working with uh, the editors over there at Liguori Publications. Um, but in the end, it's, it's a tool. It's a tool. It's hopefully something that will inspire and engage uh, and encourage families to get back in the kitchen and get around the table. That's really what it's all about. It's not about me. <laughs> No, and I think it's a great book. I love just looking at the pictures and the stories your your stories about. I think it was uh, Chefs for Peace. Was that the organization that That's you right. worked with while you were over there? That's right. Uh, so finding out about them and the stories you share about your family in there. And then, of course, looking at the recipes and wonderful pictures that go with them. It's a great book. And I was glad that you were able to produce that. It's nice to have good Catholic resources like that out there. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I, I really, I have gotten so much uh, positive feedback from folks. I, I've been just absolutely thrilled. Uh, I think I mentioned on the show uh, a few weeks back that uh, it, I think it was in May, early May, uh, perhaps in, in at the end of, of April, there was uh, a woman in, in Baton Rouge who got a copy of the book and apparently her background is uh, Lebanese. And she was so thrilled with it that she made every single recipe recipe in the book. That's like 76 recipes. <laughs> so I was blown away. You know, she, she was telling me how much she loved it and how much the recipes reminded her of her own, you know, growing up, growing up in her family. And so she made them all. I'm like, well, that's, that's wow. I don't know what to think about that. That's great. You know, but the food, the food is something that does bring people together. That's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning of the show. Um, and a lot of the things that happen uh, as far as family dynamics, family celebrations, uh, whatever it may be, uh, happen around the table. You, you mentioned Chefs for Peace. Chefs for Peace, a wonderful organization. I, I was so happy to have met uh, a number of the chefs that are, that are involved with Chefs for Peace over in Israel and in, in the Holy Land. Um, and for those of you who, who may not have have heard this yet. Uh, chefs for Peace is an organization that was founded by chefs and, and they're Christian, Jewish, and Muslim chefs. And they work together through cooking, through food, uh, to try to bring peace into an area that is, uh, well, very well known for, for a lack of peace, right? For, for uh, a lot of, um, uh, um, what's the word? I'm looking for a specific word. I don't want to say violence. That's not necessarily the conflict. case, but, but conflict. Conflict. <laughs> conflict is a great, uh, great word to use uh, because it, uh, it's not just physical violence and things like that or physical conflict. There's all kinds of conflict. There's a lot of um, behind the scenes things that, that are deep seated that go on there, but they're trying to bring that about through through food, trying to bring peace through food. And uh, it's funny because the language is practically the same. I mean, there's a lot of similarities in the words that are used in all the countries in the Middle East. And so their names for dishes, for particular dishes, are almost the same, almost identical. They may be spelled a little differently or pronounced a little differently, but they're basically the same. And then the same thing with the way that they prepare them and cook them. They may have slight variations from, you know, the hummus in, in Lebanon may be a little bit different than the hummus in, in Jerusalem, but it's essentially the same. And so uh, you almost have like this common ground around the table where people can get together. Uh, so I don't know, it, it's, it's really a, a, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful thing to have been a part of. Now you have right now, something going on at Aquinas and more uh, called Savor 
your faith, or at least that's the title I'm, I'm looking at right now. And I love this. And this is one of the things that uh, said, just sparked, you know, I, I got a, a, an inspiration, I guess you could say, when I saw this uh, the other day. And I said, I need to have him on and talk about uh, what he has going on over at, uh, at Aquinas and more. Savor Your Faith Catholic cookbooks are on sale. You mentioned my book. What else do you have on the, on the menu over there? All right. So we decided to put this together after looking at all the new cookbooks that have come out and not just cookbooks, but I guess drink books that have come out recently from Catholic authors and thought, you know, we've got a good selection of these that are available from Liguri and other publishers. And it would be great to promote them, highlight them and get people interested in uh, finding a Catholic cookbook where they can actually learn about Catholic traditions and some wonderful recipes and Catholic history all at the same time, because all these books they're all evangelization. It's just that it's through food instead of through a catechism or something like that instead. So all of our Catholic cookbooks are 15% off right now. And so we have uh, some of the newest ones that have come out are Sarah Vabulous's, um, uh her book, uh, Catholic Drinkies Guide to Homebrewed Evangelism, which is a wonderful look at sharing the faith while you're drinking with your friends. And so she talks about uh, different types of beer, how to brew beer in an apartment, uh, the history of uh, liquor throughout the Bible and today, and then has uh, some great ideas for just how to share the faith with people without you know, coming across as you know, a door-to-door salesman type of person. So that's a wonderful <laughs> book. And then there's this other great book that came out almost at the same time called Drinking with the Saints that's a... Uh, basically a year's guide of going through the liturgical year, all the different seasons with all the saints and feasts and stuff with different recipes that are at least tangentially related to uh, the saint or the feast of the day. So these great books, along with your wonderful cookbook and then several monastery cookbooks that have come out over the last few years. uh, And then the, the ever present uh, continual feast from Ignatius press. All these are wonderful things that you can take uh, home and share them with your family and not just make the recipes with them, but also take the books to the table and share the traditions that are in the books uh, with your family. So you all can learn more about the faith at the same time. I love that. I just absolutely love that. So those are on sale right now and people can go to AquinasAmore.com and uh, there's actually a link. I'll put it in the show notes for this show over at CatholicFoodie.com, but it's pretty simple to remember. It's a bit.ly bit.ly link. So if you go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Catholic cooking, it'll take you right there to the blog post about um, uh, Savor Your Faith. And you'll have uh, all these books that uh, Ian just mentioned will be available there. You can check them out. And uh, I tell you what, I I am so thrilled for Sarah. Sarah is doing phenomenal work, uh, just being herself, you know, and and, and being, that's, that's the beautiful thing about being Catholic. You know, we can, you know, Jesus gives us this grace. We have this grace that we carry within ourselves or receive in baptism, but also through the Eucharist, you know, and, and that we can actually be in a sense, right, be Jesus for other people. And she's able to spread uh, the good news uh, in a very normal, natural, conversational way by being herself, uh, talking about 
beer or as she, she told, I had her on the show uh, a couple of weeks back and she was telling a story of, you know, just recommending a drink to a particular beer to, to someone at a bar. And uh, a week or two later winds up seeing this guy at mass. He had been away from, uh, from the, the, the sacraments, you know, and here he is, he's coming back to mass. So just a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing to see how she can uh, just be herself and to, to share the faith while, while sharing a beer, <laughs> the, uh, the the drinking with the drinking and the saints, uh, drinking with the saints. Um, I have not uh, had the pleasure yet of uh, diving into that book. I do want to ask you some more questions about these cookbooks in particular. But of course, you know we're up against a break again. That happens on radio. You know, you're on radio. You have to take breaks. But I promise that we will be back uh, in just a minute. So sit tight. You were listening to the. Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. You want to find out more about uh, who you are? Just go to realliferadio.com. Check out the Care to Share link there on the homepage. Real Life Radio is you supported. And we're so happy that you are here. And this is the Catholic Foodie Show. And uh, I'm Jeff Young, your host. We're talking today with Ian Rutherford of Aquinas and More, which you can find over at AquinasandMore.com. We're talking about uh, Catholic cooking and Catholic cookbooks because Aquinas and More has a sale going on right now from now until the 25th. So we still have, a, a, a what, three days, four days left of this sale. And uh, Ian, you want right. to tell us a little bit more about the, the sale? Re- repeat again what you told me earlier. Sure. So right now we're having a sale on all of our Catholic cookbooks. So this includes Jeff Young's own Catholic foodie cookbook, along with a couple of newer books that have come out, uh, Drinking with the Saints and uh, Sarah Vabulous's uh, Catholic Drinkies Guide to Homebrewed Evangelism, along with some more uh, standard uh, monastery cookbooks that we have on soups and salads, uh, continual feast from Ignatius Press, and several others. So we're having 15% off on those books through the 25th. And also for any of uh, radio listeners here who uh, would like to get those, they can also get shipping free on those by using a coupon, Foodie Radio, uh, anytime now through the end of August. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's great. Uh, you know, no I, I have had um, like uh, Grace Before Meals is another one of the uh, the cookbooks there. Father Leo Pedaling Hug of Grace Before Meals. You can find out more about him at gracebeforemeals.com. I've, I've had the pleasure of having uh, uh, Father Leo on uh, my New Orleans radio show uh, two or three times, I believe. Um, he loves coming down to New Orleans. <laughs> Always a lot of good food <laughs> and, is. and all of that, you know. Uh, but Father Leo was uh, made uh, famous, I guess you'd say, by um, uh, beating uh, Bobby Flay in, uh, in a throwdown. And what, what an awesome, I think it was back in 2009, what an awesome opportunity uh, to be exposed on national television to have a, a really uh, 
awesome priest uh, and to get really good, good exposure, good uh, positive exposure on national television that way. It was a, a, a wonderful thing. I was, I remember teaching high school at the time when this happened and I, I showed my religion class. I wanted to show them that episode uh, of um, Throwdown with Bobby Flay. And uh, they were all, I mean, just, just to show them, to, it was a Catholic school, but to kind of, you know, priests are real people. And, and here's this priest who is like a break dancer. He's like a black belt. He's a, an incredible chef. I mean, you know, and, uh, and, and he's doing great work with at grace before meals, uh, doing a lot of, a lot of what I try to do as far as trying to inspire families, uh, to get back around the table and to, uh, to get in the kitchen and even to, to cook together. So that's a great cookbook. Uh, you had mentioned, uh, a continual feast, uh, that is, uh, was written by, uh, um, Evelyn Witz, and uh, I have never read that cookbook. It has been on my wish list for a long time, and I've never gotten it. I, I can't believe that. Um, her, her, I believe it was her husband, huh? Paul is her husband. Is that right? Do you know? I'm not sure. Because I think I believe so. I remember reading a number of Paul Witz's uh, books when I was in the seminary. And so the, the name had always stuck out to me. And this is way going way before, because that book has been around for a long time, um, going way before the, the Catholic foodie, the start of the Catholic foodie. I remember seeing that book saying, oh, I want that. I want that. Well, here I am. I, I still haven't gotten it. So I'm, that's, that's going to have to get bumped up, uh, bumped up on my wish list. You know, maybe I can take advantage of the, uh, the free shipping here. Um, so that's so, yeah, awesome. That book is great. Um, because it's it's not only a cookbook, but it also is one of the books that has the most about Catholic traditions associated with events around the food that's uh, prepared in the book. So you get a lot of Catholic trivia about, oh, hey, did you remember, did you know that uh, in the church we do this because of this and it's related to this food? So it's a really neat cookbook for that uh, purpose because you get a, a really rich mix of Catholic tradition in with the food there. Oh, I like that. And, and speaking along those lines, are there any, um, I don't know, any kind of favorite aspects of any of these books that you would like to share with us? Well, going back to Father Leo's book, I think that his efforts with his Grace Before Meals project is wonderful. And his cookbook is uh, a, you know, a physical tool that people can have to integrate cooking with family meals and really trying to bring your family back together and uh, bond as a family. So the whole cookbook of his really uh, ties that together, uh, a way to bring more meaning to your family meals and also to learn about the faith at the same time. It's not a cookbook that you can integrate as much as a wonderful cookbook where he's already done some of that work for you. So I think that's a really neat uh, a tool that you can have to to sit down with your family and actually spend some time together, some quality time together, uh, sharing the faith and making memories together. So I, I really like his book for that. And um, then I think Sarah, Sarah's book I love because she talks about Trappist beer and does reviews of beers in her book. So it's, it's a great book, whether you are planning on making your own beer or you're just interested in really good beer and want to hear from somebody who knows all about it and knows how to make it. And so that's a great read. Uh, from someone who it's her book's almost like just sitting down with her and having you know a conversation with her. So I love both of those for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that um, 
there's, there's almost like, I mean, it's a wonderful resource, like Sarah's book, I'm thinking in particular, because it seems that with the microbreweries that we have today, it's just like an explosion of uh, beer. And uh, from the microbreweries here in the States to uh, the, the imports that are just so more readily available today than when I was, I mean, I'll look back to when I was growing up. And of course, when I was a kid, I wasn't drinking beer, but I, I remember my grandfather loved to drink beer and I had an uncle who loved to drink beer. And the only beer I knew was Budweiser, Miller Lite, and uh, what else? It was another one that was just really awful. <laughs> <laughs> can't remember. Can't remember See, right now Lone what it was. Star Light. Oh yeah, <laughs> just a, just a bunch of stuff. It was like bad water. You know, it's kind of what it. Anytime I would have tasted it, it would have tasted like bad water. Um, but in beer for me really was an acquired taste. I, I did not start to drink beer, believe it or not, until I was a student at uh, the Franciscan University of Steubenville. That's where I learned how to drink beer. <laughs> so I don't know. That's It's got to be a Catholic university, right? Uh, but... Um, and I remember drinking like the start now, drinking that Budweiser or whatever. And it was just such the, the, the flavor just it really would for me was an acquired taste. But, uh, you know, over the years, of course, my palate has developed when it comes to food and the same thing with beer. I, we had a we do have close to my house a uh, a grocery store that has a, almost like an entire warehouse full of beer and wine. It, it probably if I'm not mistaken, I think I've heard that there's more alcohol that moves through that particular store than any other single outlet in the state of Louisiana. And, uh, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah, people from uh, Mississippi drive over to come and get beer there because there are certain restrictions in Mississippi that are not in Louisiana when it comes to alcohol. So I don't know if I should be saying all this on, on air, <laughs> on air or not, but uh, maybe getting some people in trouble. I don't know. Um, but they have, I mean, the variety is just unbelievable. So, uh, I mean, we moved to the, to this area, to the North shore of Lake Pontchartrain in New Orleans, um, about 15, 16 years ago. And, uh, in that time I have been, you know, experimenting to tasting different beers, trying beers from all over monasteries, all over Europe. I mean, uh, beers from all over. And so to have a resource like Sarah's where she's, she's telling you stories, she's sitting down with you all practically and talking with you about beer. If you, if you are not used to, uh, all the variety that's available, just pick her book up and, and she can walk you through it. Oh, definitely. And, you know, uh, next time you and Sarah want to come up where we live up uh, in Fort Collins area uh, in Colorado, I, I think we have one of the highest uh, per capita microbrewery to people ratios oh, wow. anywhere. And so uh, New Belgium is here and Odell's and a ton of others are in this very small, you know, a couple of small little towns. And so you can go on a brewery tour and taste an incredible variety of wonderful microbrews around here. Oh, that's awesome. And so if you go on a brewery tour like that, do you have to have like a designated driver to take you from place to place? I mean, you don't want to do too I'd many of those. <laughs> you don't want to do too many of those back to back, you know? Oh, man. No, it's funny. There's actually a limo company that does brewery tours. Oh, so I, taking oh, advantage yeah. of the local uh, local scenery. But that's amazing, though. You have all those in 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 a in, a, in that compact area. You know, um, mm -hmm. I wait. Do you think that? I mean, this may be kind of a, a silly question, but do you think it has to do with the water? Do you think it has to do with the the mountain water, or or what? I, you know, I'm not sure, but I know that Coors 
claims that yeah. uh, with their beer. But what's funny is you have Coors so close to here. You have a Budweiser plant in Fort Collins, and yet you have this proliferation of all these little microbreweries around here that have just flourished. And I don't know what the exact reason is for it, but um, it's it's neat to see. It, it might just be rebellion, you know? It might just be, <laughs> hey, I see y'all big guys are over here, and, and we don't really like your beer too much, so we're going to do our own, and we're, we're going to show you, you know? You never know. But it's good, and, it, and it's so good that we do have the freedom to to uh, to, to do that. You know, the, I know from state to state, the, the sometimes there are uh, laws that uh, prohibit um, the, 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 the making or the selling of, of alcohol. That's, I think, when you, you look at bourbon, you look at uh, Jack Daniels, it's, it's kind of the, the irony there, you know, of uh, a dry county and, and yet they're making the, the best uh, or one of the best, consider one of the best uh, whiskeys or bourbons out there. Um, so you know, I think you'd have the same thing when it comes to beer in different places. It's just um, one of those things that you don't really think about because you're only used to your local scene. It's only something that kind of comes up when you travel from place to place. So that's interesting. I, I, that, I would be very interested in taking a tour there in Colorado. I think that would be fantastic. We'd have to let um, have to let Sarah know in advance. Maybe we can uh, make a trip out of it. But guess what? We are, again, I can't believe this, again, coming up to uh, another break here. And uh, you're listening to uh, the Catholic Foodie Show on you supported Real Life Radio. Please do go check out the Care to Share link over at realliferadio.com. Uh, I'm Jeff Young, your host, and I will be back with Ian Rutherford in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. So glad that you're with us today. I'm Jeff Young, your host. We're talking today with Ian Rutherford of AquinasandMore.com. And I uh, really would like for you to have you uh, go to realliferadio.com and to check out the Care to Share link there and learn more about what this whole you supported thing is all about. It's, it's a benefit for you, believe it or not. So check that out, realliferadio.com, care to share uh, link. And uh, we're talking today with Ian Rutherford of Aquinas and more. Uh, I met Ian a number of years ago at, uh, I think it was my first CNMC. It must've been San Antonio. It was my first CNMC. That was back in 2009. Um, and it's just amazing going from year to year and all the folks that you you get to meet and uh, people who are, uh, you, you, you meet them online and these are real relationships, you know, real friends. Friendships develop through Facebook and Twitter and uh, all these other uh, means of uh, social communication. Uh, yet it's just such a joy when you get to meet each other in person. Uh, that's always, uh, uh, there's something special about that. Oh, definitely. And it's it's interesting listening to the podcast I've heard from this most recent Catholic New Media Conference, their 10th anniversary, believe it or not. Yeah. And almost all of them talk about the great times they had with people either in the evenings after the actual conference events, uh, eating and getting a drink together and all that stuff. That's, you know, it's, it's funny how much that is a, a good memory for people that they, that they want to share. Well, it's funny. And, and again, I'm probably going to say something that's going to get somebody in trouble, 
but I don't know who it would be. Uh, just <laughs> for so many people I hear, and it, it's not just a CNMC. I've, I've heard this about other conferences too. You know, the content of the conference is okay. I mean, it's good. It's good. It's good to be there. It's good to, you know, it's, it's almost like it's a good excuse to get everybody together, you know, but the real meat and potatoes of it, the real deal, what, what, what people really love is the after time, right? The after party or the, or the before mm-hmm. party or whatever. It's the time you get to spend together. And it's, I guess you could say it's the same thing about, it's, it's kind of like being around the table. You know, you, you get to really interact and relate with each other uh, over a meal. And, and the same thing at these conferences, what, what, where do people gravitate to? Once the meeting's over, they're at a restaurant or, or at a bar, wherever, you know, sharing a, a drink or, or a meal, uh, with each other. That's where relationships actually happen. Such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, I heard several folks, um, saying about the same thing about the, the CNMC. Oh, I'm so excited to go this year. I mean, the, the talks are all going to be great, but you know, what I really am excited about is <laughs> seeing everybody, you know, and getting to hang out with everybody. So that's, uh, that is so true. So uh, we talked about uh, Father's Day earlier in the show, and uh, you talked about goulash and and meatloaf, which were are two things that are just uh, delightful and, and both wonderful dishes that can be shared with a big family. Um, and, and we had a kind of a, an odd Father's Day this year. I say somewhat odd. I, I am still kind of recuperating from, uh, you know, the introduction of a, of a newborn into the house. And, you know, that means that sometimes uh, sleeping at night is not always as, as it used to be, uh, which is all good. It's all good. It's all great. I uh, just have to make a little little adjustment there to expect to be a little more tired, but I tell you what, I could spend hours and hours just looking at that little baby and uh, I'd be perfectly, perfectly content. I, I told someone, you know, last week, last Monday, a week ago was my birthday and I turned 45. Um, so this is a, you know, parenting at 45 or having a newborn at 45 is a lot different than 35 or 25. It's, it's probably even a lot different than 40. You know, uh, I feel things differently now than, than I used to. Um, but, uh, but it, it, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm totally okay with that. I, I saw, you know, a week ago, my birthday and it didn't feel like my birthday. And I, I told everybody that it's like, yeah, thank you for telling me happy birthday. But to me, it's still Zelly's birthday, you know, and, and I am completely happy, content just to watch her. <laughs> That's all I need to do today. And Father's Day was kind of the same thing. My, my son left for summer camp for Boy Scouts yesterday, and we had a lot of preparations to get to kind of get him out the door. Um, so we did do bacon and eggs for breakfast. We had a big breakfast together before uh, sending him off. Uh, and then for dinner, I mean, it was just one of those things where I didn't really want to do anything all day, but uh, I, I made a, a one-pot meal. I made uh, griots and not grits. This was served over, over rice. And griots, is is kind of there's different versions variations of griots and and basically what I did is I took a round steak uh, some big big round steaks whole round steaks and uh, seasoned them really well pan sautéed those or browned them uh, really good to where you get uh, you know that 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 crust on the bottom of the pot because of the 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 the, the searing you know and uh, then removed that took it put put it on the side I had chopped a bunch of uh, sweet yellow onions and some uh, bell peppers. Um, 
um, and put those into the uh, into that hot pot and made sure to scrape the bottom really, really well to get, we call that stuff gratin down at the bottom that gets stuck. And it's a South Louisiana thing, that gratin, you get that that up. It's so flavorful because it's got the salt and the pepper, the little cayenne and uh, the seasonings there that, that kind of stick to the pot. And I use a little bacon grease, whereas my chef friends like to say bacon renderings to, uh, to get that pot ready for uh, both the meat and then again, the onions and the, and the bell peppers. And then once those things saute down a little bit, I reintroduce the meat. I throw some garlic in there. I threw some diced tomatoes in and uh, about one cup of water. That was it. Just one cup of water because all those veggies have water in them and it, and it, and it cooks down uh, to this beautiful, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's something that I would serve over rice. I could serve it over grits if I wanted to. Griots and grits are uh, a classic South Louisiana dish, uh, but, but we did it over jasmine rice. So we had uh, griots and 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 uh, over jasmine rice uh, last night for dinner. And then, of course, we had to celebrate in a special way because it was Father's Day. So I made sure to have an ample supply of ice cream on hand. And uh, my daughters, who are 13 and 14 years old, my older older daughters, I should say, 13 and 14 years old, made uh, probably the world's best chocolate chip cookies last night to go with that ice cream. So that was our um, Father's Day celebration. It was, uh, it was delightful. Well, that sounds delicious. So can't, can't help it. You know, I can't help. I start talking about food and I just, you know, I get excited, you know, I can't help it. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things to do when we sit down for meals and I know the kids love it is we start talking about, you remember that time when, or oh, yeah. did we ever tell you about the time when your dad <laughs> did. And so, so we're sitting down at, uh, at, I think it was lunch on, uh, on Saturday and, my mom said, so you remember that time when you went to Morocco and my kids all went, what you went to Morocco. And I didn't realize that I hadn't ever told the story of my, my, when I was at the university of Dallas, you get to, uh, if you have the opportunity to spend a semester in Rome and you have a 10 day trip where you can go well, wherever. And so I, uh, not very intelligently went to Morocco <laughs> And so we're sitting here enjoying lunch and I'm having to share this story about me as a college student going to Morocco by myself. But these are great things, these memories that you get to share when you're eating that probably wouldn't come up any other time. And I think it's just great uh, having those memories to share. And especially, you know, you have some older kids and a very, very little one. It's going to be great when she's sitting at the table and gets to hear stories about you. Remember that time when your older sister did Whatever it oh, is, yeah. uh, great memories. Yeah, and you know, it, it's, it's so true. And I, I had Sister Tracy Dugas on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she's a daughter of St. Paul. And, you know, I spent a total of four years in religious formation. I've, I've lived in religious communities and I was with Mother Teresa's uh, priests in, in Mexico for two years. And so I know what community life is like and religious life. And and I see the similarities, right? It's, it's a family. It's what it is. It's a family. So community life, family life, it's, it's the same thing. It's just made up of different people, right? Different ages and all that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was just so neat was that 
that community life really came out two times. I would say two times we really, really experienced it deeply uh, in Mexico was the liturgy, of course, uh, the, being there, celebrating the Eucharist together as a community. That that was something that highlighted that whole familial uh, aspect of it. And the second time was around another table, right? That was around God's table. The other one was, was the dinner table and having meals together there. Yeah, you know, I remember when I left, uh, I was only, only in Mexico with them for two years and I left and I went to, uh, well, I, I kind of spent some time trying to figure out what my next step was. I did still feel called to the priesthood. I just didn't know where. And I did spend uh, two years at, at Steubenville studying at the Franciscan University. And at one point I went and made a, a come and see uh, trip for about a week going to visit uh, Father Benedict Groeschel's uh, group, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal up in New York and absolutely love them. I've always loved his work. I've loved his writings and, and uh, just, I love the time I spent with them. But what I really loved, because they're from the Capuchin tradition, this Capuchin Franciscan tradition. And what I really loved about the, their family life, their community life was they always ended the, the day with dinner and dinner was this long drawn out affair. They lingered at the table they would have a, a bottle of wine there. You could have a sip on some wine with your meal and you sat and you talked and you talked and you talked. You just shared life because that's that's where life happens is around the table. You're, you're just sharing yourself. So it, and it's always highlighted for me this reality of what dinner is supposed to be like in my own family and what it was like in all of our families for, you know, uh, ever. Uh, until, until recently, until just, um, uh, you know, the last, I don't know, hundred years probably is when things started getting really complicated. So we try to hold on to that. We really do try to hold on to that. And, and the witness of, of what you're sharing with me today about your family, uh, helps all of us too, to, uh, to try to grab hold of what's most important and to try not to lose that. So we are, uh, oh, we're getting, we're getting close here though. Ian, we're getting close to, we got one minute left of the show. Can you quickly just give us, how can people find you, uh, in, in, in the sale information again, real quick. Sure. Aquinasandmore.com, that's more with one O, is our main website. And if you want to listen to the podcast, it's aquinasandmore.com slash podcast. And uh, for the radio listeners here, you can use the coupon foodie radio to get free shipping. And we have our cookbook sale going on uh, 15% off until the 25th. So take advantage of that now. And that's bit.ly slash Catholic cooking. That is awesome. Uh, Ian, thank you so much for joining us today on The Catholic Foodie. I'm so excited to have had you here. And uh, again, this is The Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. Uh, I'm Jeff Young, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.